This is episode 36 with Stevie Wright. Hello everyone, my name is Hope and I am the host of the Bold and Brave podcast. Welcome to my show. In this podcast, I'm bearing all of it. I'm finally letting go and I am finally letting the world in to my heart. And that's hard. I have kept the deepest, the realest, the rawest parts of myself hidden behind closed doors since I was a little girl, and I've only ever shown the world what I thought was expected of me. It was easier to be safe. It was easier to keep my mouth closed. It was easier not to ask questions. It was easier not to stir the pot or rock the boat. I didn't have anything to back up what my heart was trying to tell me. I didn't know if anyone would believe me or judge me pick on me, criticize me, call me different. That little voice that has all of the answers has finally had enough and it is banging on my heart and it's brighter than the sun. And I'm vulnerable and I'm honest and I'm full of love and I'm sharing my most challenging and life-altering experiences on this show. I'm being bold, I'm being brave and I'm finally exposing the real authentic self. I am finally exposing who hope is. I really hope that you enjoy the show. Pun not intended, but hey, enjoy that one as well. (laughs) I hope that you get everything you need from this show. I want you to know how loving you are, how lovable you are, and how loved you are. I also want you to know that you are enough. Everything you do is enough. Everything that you are And everything that you will become is and will forever be enough. Stevie Wright is a breath of fresh air. And she certainly isn't about showing off her credits or her certifications. It brought a huge smile to my face when I quickly realized that Stevie is about the heart first. Stevie is very raw. She is very real. And she is very, very honest. And so is this episode. Stevie quotes, I put on a facade of always being happy and positive and that my life was perfectly put together. But on the inside, I was struggling. I got the message from a young age that in order to be worthy, I had to hustle, achieve, do, perform, accomplish, prove myself and be perfect. And as a result, as an adult, that translated into nothing ever being good enough. I was so hard on myself and I could never give myself a break. In today's episode, Stevie and I take a walk down memory lane. Stevie opens up to me about her deep wounds. Stevie takes us through her steps to changing the narrative and creating new empowering beliefs. I asked Stevie how she found a balance with her masculine and her feminine energy. We discussed the relationship between the ego self versus the heart self and so much more this is the first episode that actually brought me to tears it is so beautiful and so heartfelt and this woman is a powerhouse so without further ado please welcome miss stevie wright um so before we do jump in stevie what's your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant mm, hometown not in la hometown well it could be anywhere it could be la so I would say I would say LA because I haven't been to my hometown in a really long time. Um, no, none of my family's there anymore. So in LA, my favorite um, my favorite restaurant is Yamashiro, and my favorite 
order there is the uni pasta. Uni pasta. What's mm -hmm. in that? Uni, it's like a, um, it's like a, it's, a, it's sea urchin. And so it's like sea urchin, like in the pasta, like a, like an Alfredo pasta. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yum. Alfredo. Is it really creamy as well? Super creamy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a win always. <laughs> <laughs> so Stevie, let's jump straight in. Um, first of all, I find you to be an absolute breath of fresh air and I'll tell you why. Because normally when I start off my shows, I introduce my guests and their certifications and their credits. However, when I was on your website and I was learning about all about you, the one thing that I noticed, and I think you mentioned that in your website as well, that you didn't begin with what you've gained creditation wise. It was all about what you gained in your heart. And it brought a huge smile to my face because I thought, of course, of course, Stevie's all about the heart first, because I felt that from the moment that I reached out to you and connected to you about being on the show. And I had a little laugh to myself because I thought, man, this woman is so raw and real and authentic. And it's kind of the journey that I'm on now myself. I'm really eager to share and learn more about what it means to be raw and real and honest and authentic. It's a very... I want to say present, but also quite foreign concept mm -hmm. to me because we do hear it a lot, but to practice it and to hear it is very two different things. Um, Stevie, can you take us through, how did you get here? How did you get, how did your journey begin? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll sum up as, as quickly as possible the last like five years of my life. We have, we have about an hour. <laughs> um, and it's, it's funny too, when people ask me this question on podcasts, it's, it's definitely evolved. My answer has evolved over the last couple of years. Um, and I, so now my answer, like what you would, if you would have asked me that two years ago, my answer would have been totally different. But I think my, just as, just as with everything, everything that we do, um, our power comes from our pain. And um, I had a, I had a really beautiful childhood my, my, um, my needs were met in, in a lot of ways, not all the ways, but a lot of my, my needs were met. We had a roof over our head. We had food. We had love. Um, that was not the problem, but I think from a really, really young age, um, I was told in, in words and in energy that um, you're worthy for what you do and not for who you are. And so I've spent the last, you know, 20 years of my life, um, a little over 20 years of my life, really trying to prove myself and trying to prove my worth and prove that um, I'm, I'm something and that I'm not worthless and, um, and that, ah, that um, I'm important, you know, that I'm important. And so, um, I, I had a pretty tra traumatic experience with some, with some abandonment stuff. And, and so I feel like I've just spent the last several, like a lot of, I mean, most of my entire life proving that I'm good enough to be stayed for, that I'm good enough to be loved. And um, funny that we're talking about like authenticity and, and being raw and everything. Um, I really appreciate that because so much of my life has been totally inauthentic and totally not vulnerable and not raw and putting on so many masks and layers and protections because I thought that who I was at my core was not, it was bad 
and um, and it wasn't supposed to be seen. And so just recently in the last um, several years have I been digging into that uh, idea that actually, what if my worth were totally separate from what I do and I was worthy just for being born and it's innate and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing process and it's not, um, I, in fact, <laughs> to be honest, like I, I just hit like a really intense um, pocket of, of shadow just this week with my, with my therapist that I'm still working on. Then I'm like, Oh, a whole nother, a whole nother layer of fucking unworthiness that I have to deal with now. <laughs> it just keeps going, doesn't it? It just keeps going. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I'm in a really juicy spot in my life because it's, it's interesting too. I feel like right in this moment, I have never been so expansive in my life before. Like my business has completely took off and, and just been booming in the last like six, eight months. I, I moved into a dream home. I got, a, a, you know, I got a, a beautiful car. Um, like I'm no longer struggling with finances. I got a puppy. My partner and I are doing really well. So like in, in, a, in one way, all the work that I've done up until this point has taken me to right in this moment. And I feel very um, expansive and just, and really excited for this next chapter of my life. Um, and at the same time, here I am also dealing with a whole bunch of shadow and a whole bunch of shame and a whole bunch of unworthiness. And that's kind of like the dance of life, you know, that, that we're all in. I don't know if I answered, did I answer your question at all? Yes, beautifully. <laughs> I feel like I could just sit and listen to you talk all day. I'm like, hang on, that's right. I've got questions. Wait a sec. <laughs> oh gosh, Stevie, you're, you're very empowering. Um, and I'm very empowered by, you know, the words that you use and also by your journey. You do mention in your story that you, like you, we were just talking about now that you have a worthiness wound. And when I read that, oh man, it just, it got me right in my heart. I was like, yes. That's the words, worthiness, wound. We all have them, but we don't talk about them enough. And this is something that I really, really appreciate about you, Stevie, um, and why I'm so excited to, to have this conversation. Um, to give you a little bit of insight into, into my world, I was also a performer for many years and a singer, and much like yourself, I, you know, when I was on stage, it felt like home to me, but at the same time, what's really interesting now at 33, when I've now I'm doing the work and really learning about who I am, that part of myself was still trying to be accepted, still looking for validation, still looking for love, still looking for acceptance, someone to tell me I was good enough, someone to tell me that I had made it, that I was successful, that whatever you know I had to give was going to be enough. It was never about who hope was as a person, but what was my value? What was, what it was all about value. Mm -hmm. um, and at the age of 23, I was actually touring with um, the Chicago, the, the musical Chicago. We were touring with that show around Australia mm -hmm. and we had a two week break before we were going to do our, our Sydney leg. And I went and got what they called then a less invasive liposuction on my stomach and my legs mm -hmm. and I did that because I thought that if I changed the way I looked that I would be seen 
and I would be respected and I'd be appreciated because I was determining who I was and what I had to give based on everything that I saw around me. Um, I hid this from my, you know, my cast friends, my family, friends at home. And I thought that, you know, the healing process, when I think back now, I'm like, I wonder why the healing pain wasn't enough to wake me up and be like, oh my gosh, hope you're 23. You're beautiful just as you are. You don't need to change anything about your body. Nothing. You're perfect, imperfectly perfect just the way you are. But it wasn't because I was determined to win this game of life. Mm -hmm. or this game of whatever it was that we, we think that we have to play. Um, Stevie, you mentioned that from a young age, you got the message that in order to be worthy, you had to hustle, achieve, do, perform, accomplish, prove yourself and be perfect. And then as an adult, that translated into nothing ever being good enough. And that resonated with me because when I read that, I was like, oh gosh, yes, that's right. It, it's, it's, it was just a continual effect that carried through into personal life. Nothing was good enough. Relationships weren't good enough. People weren't good enough. Friends weren't good enough. And it all came down to the fact that I simply didn't believe that I was enough. How can you, can you take us through, what did that look like for you as an adult when you, when you started to work through that? Well, so just, I mean, I guess one a really big way that has come up in this last year is, um, so I was on American Idol when I was 16 mm -hmm. and um, I got really far. I got, I got to the top 36 and out of like 150,000 people and I was 16. And so um, it's a really cool story, but it was also, people think it's like, so you're on American Idol, well, it, 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 there's that. Mm -hmm. And also, also it was like probably the most traumatizing thing of my life because, um, f you know, first you go into, I've always been a performer since I was a little girl and I've been in bands and I'm in a band right now. And so I've been performing my entire life, but, uh, so I went and auditioned for American Idol and, uh, made it, did the whole thing, like took, I had to be taken out of school. Um, I moved to LA um, I was in a hotel with my mom for like two, three months. And my mom and I, um, at that time had a really, really tumultuous, really difficult relationship. And, um, you know, you're, you're doing all these rounds and they're telling you what's wrong with you and why you need to be better and what's, what's not working, what is working and, um, how, what they, what, I guess I'm saying they, I mean, Hollywood, I guess, but what they they do to young people is really, really pretty sick, I think. And when I was um, about to go into my first performance, like I'd made it, I'd made it to the, the, the night where America votes, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm about to, mind you, my ex experience up until this point was like high school choir, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, here we go. <laughs> and here we go. <laughs> uh, and I was about to go on stage and the producer handed me the microphone and said, um, don't fuck up. You're about to sing in front of 32 million people. And I took the microphone. I went on stage and I choked. And I actually like, um, I had practiced so many times and I didn't forget the lyrics or anything, but my voice was just, I was terrified. I was terrified and I was so shaky. And, um, the judges like Simon, Paula, Randy, and, and my season, they had um, a woman named Kara do Guardi as well. They just, it was like horrible. They like kicked me while I was down. So Simon just, 
And it's funny because I don't remember any of this. I, I remember kind of like, I remember like messing up. I remember how scared I was. I remember. And then the next night I got, I got, I got sent home. I got kicked off. And the reason why I was so traumatizing is because I was so ashamed. First, I'm like the most popular girl in school because I'm on TV and everyone wants to be my friend. And then I come back to school after being, I was happy to come home. I missed my friends. I missed my little boyfriend that I had. I missed my <laughs> English teacher, you know? I wanted to go home. And when I got home, it was either um, kids making fun of me because I sucked or because um, no one wanted to be friends with me because I thought I was too good. I thought I was too good for, for them because I was on TV. And so it was like, and then like there was some, some some stuff happening at home where I, I don't, you know, think they meant to, but I, I, I felt my family's disappointment. And so it was like bad at home. It was bad at school. I lost a lot of friends. It was just completely traumatizing. And so I, I literally got the message, like you didn't win, right? You didn't win. And therefore you're not as worthy. You're not, you're not good enough. And I have not watched that performance um, the entire last 11 years of my life until six months ago when I was finally ready to do it with my therapist and just seeing that little girl being uh, like berated by adults, just, I was weeping to, to do that inner child work of letting my, my, my inner little girl know that she doesn't have to like literally perform anymore. Right. Or figuratively that she doesn't have to perform anymore, that she has, doesn't have to do anymore and be anymore, and she doesn't have to win anymore and prove herself. And that actually, she can rest now. She worked really hard. Like my inner child worked really hard to keep me safe. She thought that we had to win and prove and perform. And so it's been this, this ongoing, um, so to answer your question about how it shows up in my life, like that, that idea of not never having enough um, accolades. Once I reach 20k months, then I'll be then I'll be happy. Once I reach 30k months, then I'll be worthy. Once I reach a full uh, booked out roster, then I'll be happy. Oh no, really? Okay. Once I reach this, then once I reach this, and it's like it was never ever enough. And really, what I was just doing is is pushing off my joy, pushing off my my peace. Um, and so that that worthiness thing i've been going so deeply into it um and really trying to integrate for myself and and this is so what's so cool about the work that i do as a coach and, and as, as a healer is as i'm as i'm healing myself and and getting supported i can help my clients to a so to a much deeper degree because i'm like going in and exca excavating with them um but yeah it's a it's a gauntlet <laughs> wow yeah it is it, that's huge stevie that's um it's yeah Ooh. <laughs> that's 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 a lot um yeah but it's all it's all really beautiful too it know? is it is it's it's beautiful because we can, I feel like, you know, we can finally, well, I don't even know if finally is, is the word, but the fact that we have somewhere that we can all share the truth and be real about our stories, because there's so many of us that, you know, and even for anyone who jumps on and listens to this podcast, this episode with you, it, 
if I had the opportunity to listen to other voices when I was going through my time in the performing arts industry. And again, you know, like you were saying to perform is beautiful and not to take anything away from the entertainment industry or what it can give us and what we as entertainers are able to give the world, you know, with, with song, with dance, with music, it's, it's, it's beautiful what we're capable of, of giving and receiving but there is this darkness Mm -hmm. and I say darkness because it it is for a lot of us that are, that have been in it and and gone underneath and from the underneath and looking up and going, guys, this is really what happens down here. If you don't have the opportunity or have the experience or even have a voice that can tell you, you are so much worthy than you, you will ever realize and it was like you said like your inner child like she is brave and strong and she fought hard for you and that's incredible because it's easy to look and be like you know poor me and hurt and blah and you know it it does it does do that but then on the other side of that like you were saying is it is beautiful because it also gives us an opportunity to see how strong we are and how strong the little girl the little boy the little human being with inside of us that will always be with us how capable and strong they are and and how determined they are to really push through for us, which is, like you said, it's really beautiful. Um, I just want to share a little story with you. I remember one night when I was living with my mom, I had come back from, from touring and I'd actually gained quite a bit of weight because the restrictions on what I thought I had to look like just got too much. And I was like, just give me food. <laughs> I don't want to think about this anymore. Obviously it was still quite damaging the way I was doing it, but regardless anyway so my mum decided to put me on uh a program called light and easy if familiar with that so it's like a um it's like a diet program and um it just helps you maintain you know get a bit of portion control and because i just my diet i wasn't looking after myself i completely lost interest in caring for my body or anything because i just completely thought that no you're not worthy you're nothing you're useless you might as well just give up on your body and everything nobody cares blah 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 and I tried so desperately to get to the supermarket to get a two liter tub of ice cream because I was eating like liters of ice cream daily it was the only thing that was numbing the pain that would take you know that pain away from me and it wasn't until it wasn't until I met my husband that I started to understand, you know, he used to look at me and say, you're so beautiful. And I'd be like, huh? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not like, well, yeah, I'm pretty, but like my body like there, no, yeah. Don't say that. Then you're lying. And be like, no, you're beautiful. Just the way that you are like imperfectly perfect bumps, bruises, whatever, the whole lot of it, just as you are, you're perfect. And it took me like two years I used to think he was lying I'm like don't say that like I know when my body's perfect and it's not perfect it's perfect when it looks like this it's perfect like this it's perfect when it does this mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I you know something else that I'm also um discovering now too is that I didn't understand that masculine energy and feminine energy wasn't anything to do with gender forever I always thought that it was a gender thing right and because of the relationship and the can you know the the narrative let's just say that i built as a child around how i saw my mother and father they're very loving parents but you know we only know what we know and at the time they only knew what they knew and they did the best with that information 
But as a child, how I saw that narrative was it's not strong. It's not okay to be a woman. It's not uh, safe to be a woman. It's not safe to be feminine. And if you want anything, you have to be masculine. You have to fight. You have to control. You have to push. Um, It was, it was all around that. So once I, you know, started to see that, okay, obviously my, the masculine energy in me now is trying to fight this body image and trying to control how I'm supposed to look diving into then discovering what it, what it feels like to be feminine, which is very like feminine energy, very new to me. It's something I'm trying and it's very uncomfortable, but at the same time, I'm really enjoying it because I'm like, ah, I can see now. I used to look at women and be like, what is that about them? Like they have this, there's something about, you know, even women that I'd never met, I'd be like, what, what do you, you have something, what is it? And I'd ask people, I'd say, excuse me, can I ask you, there's something that you have that is just, you know, and I couldn't even describe it. And they're thinking, what, who are you? (laughs) And I just couldn't work it out. And now obviously I understand that it was that flow and that acceptance and, and being able to, listen and trust and and let your intuition guide you which were i guess the things that were blocked for me my question for you stevie is how did you find how did you find your balance with feminine and masculine energy because it's something that i'm still trying to work out we're not trying i am working out now and really enjoying it for anyone else that's in the same boat as me it's like yeah i thought the same thing how did you how did you find that for yourself well, I'm, I'm still working it out too. So we're, we're <laughs> I'm right there with you. Um, but I think for me, I, I think I just realized how much of a detriment I was uh, being only in my masculine was having on my life. Um, it, I mean, the two main areas were with my relationship and with my business. And with my business, it was like, it was always from a place of like, focus, direction, um, hustle, grind, never stop, like that kind of really forward, like penetrative energy, which is the essence of the masculine, the penetration. Whereas I had this, and and in my relationship, it was like never letting him lead, um, wanting to take control, um, not, not trusting that he knows how to lead, not trusting, like worried that he'll drop me, thinking I should just do it myself, which is all just bullshit not true it's just our it's our another excuse that we that we try to make up to not be in our feminine to not to not have intimacy to not give to not surrender and um i just i realized like how much of a detriment it was in those two main areas of my life and so i was like wait a second i have got to figure something out here because this isn't first of all it's not wasn't working it wasn't working like Sure, I had some success with my business, but the, su- the success that I've had in the last year is fully, fully from my feminine, is from allowing myself to receive, allowing myself to let go, trusting that I am worthy to receive, and also being really connected to my pleasure. That's like one of the main, uh, uh, like one of the main things like of, of feminine essence and feminine embodiment is being connected to our pleasure. And that doesn't necessarily mean sex. Like when we think about pleasure, we often think sex. That doesn't, that's one way. Pleasure meaning what feels good to me in this moment and how can I amplify it? So if it feels good to take a really deep belly breath, how could I let it just nourish my entire being? 
how could I let it just cleanse me and renew me? If it's, if it's running my, my, the tips of my fingers on the inside of my arm, how could I make that the most sensual, pleasurable experience of my entire day? You know, and so being really connected to pleasure and, and desire is what opens the channel to, um, to, to receiving our dreams, opportunities, goals, money, uh, the way we want our partners to show up in relationship. They can't, if we're filling the masculine, the masculine, um, the masculine role, there's, there's nowhere for them to, to fit. They cannot possibly they couldn't possibly because there's no room for them to to take up that role. So, so I hear that uh, my clients say this a lot. Like, I just really want him to to show up and 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 like man up more and like really lead and and take over and and makes. I would love to not be in charge all the time. And I'm like, oh really? Well, then take your lady balls off because he <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he couldn't possibly he couldn't possibly because you're filling that space. There's no room for him, you know? Um, <laughs> so, oh, that's great. Yeah, and so, I mean, to, I don't, I don't, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know that I have found the balance yet, Hope. I think it's like an ongoing, it's an ongoing journey. And I will say that I have, I, I do realize how detrimental only being, and here's the thing, women need their masculine too. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It's not that we need both, both genders need both. Because if we're only in our feminine, we're only receiving, we're only surrendering, we're only allowing, and we're just, ah, you know, then it's, we, that we need some containment. We need some like structure because if we don't have structure, then we're just falling, spilling out everywhere. It's like kind of like um, a bowl and oatmeal scenario. So like the masculine is the bowl it holds the oatmeal together. It doesn't hold the oatmeal back, but it just contains it and makes it so it's in one place. The oatmeal is doing its lumpy, weird, flowy, soupy thing, but if it didn't have a bowl, it would just spill everywhere. You know, we, we need each other. And if, and if, the, the, um, if the bowl didn't have the oatmeal, there's, there's no energy to fill it. So the, the container also needs the feminine energy to fill it, and the feminine energy needs the masculine container to hold it. So we need, we need both. Um, but I, again, I, I don't know that I've, I've, I've found a perfect balance. I think that I just can recognize when I'm really in my masculine, in my business and in my relationship and it doesn't feel good. I can like, I, be, be, I have the awareness now to be like, oh, wait a second. Like, let me, let me try this a new way. I know a new way now. It's just mm-hmm. having presence and, and the trust to, to allow myself to do that. And how do you, how do you recognize it if, if you're in your feminine, but you, you know, like speaking of the, you know, having the masculine as the container and then the feminine as, you know, everything that's inside, how do you know when you're in the right one or when you're not in the right energy? Well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the words right or wrong because then it's, okay. it's, um, it's like, then you're, then you're saying, Ooh, then it's like, it, there's a, it's like fear-based, right? So I think what you're saying is like just when I'm out of alignment, when I'm like too far, is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. That's yeah. Much. Yeah. So I would think that, um, if you feel yourself, um, really in, I mean, I can only kind of say what it is for me, but when I'm in my, when I'm too much of my masculine in my business, it looks like, um, it looks like 
and for those of you who can't see me right now, we're on Zoom right now so we can see each other, but it's like this like, I'm moving my hands really fast, like this kind of like frantic energy and, and kind of like like forward and, and force and push and, and direction and get there and deadlines and thing and thing and thing and what's gonna make it happen. When I'm too far into that, I'm actually leaving no room to receive because I'm, it's a, like I said before, it's a penetrative energy, just like a penis goes into a vagina. It's a penetrative energy. I'm pushing out, out, boom, 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 penetrate out. And then there's no room for anything to come in because I'm, I'm, there's a whole energy that's going like force, right? So that's a, that's an indicator for me that in like in my business that I'm too much of my masculine. In my relationship, I, it comes out as um, leading, controlling. It comes out as, um, as criticism. It comes out as, uh, as being the one who makes the plans and, and, um, and uh, guides the relationship, right? And so every time and even, and even something like this, because I know a lot of your people are into personal development if they're here. So even the, even the part of us that want to go, you know, you should really take this workshop with me, or you should really like check out this men's group, or you should really read this book on, on, on masculine leadership, or, or like, you should really try this. You should really, that's your, that's your masculine. You're leading him and guiding him to what he should do. Can you instead be in your, be, would, would, would the other option when you're in your feminine is to inspire and evoke what you're craving out of the relationship and out of him. So it's just noticing, you should really try masculine. And every time you, every time you go, you should really try, just think of that as replace, you should really try with chop off your dick, chop off your dick, chop off your dick chop off your dick. <laughs> Every time we do that, we castrate them. If, yes. we're in, if we're in heterosexual relationships, every time we do that, we castrate them. So it's like, we just have to have a lot of awareness because, and here's the thing. If you are a, a, a masculine woman and you like being in your masculine, your masculinity and you don't really want to be in your femininity, fine, great. This is not about like what's right or wrong again, but just know that if you are heterosexual, you're going to attract a more feminine man. And that's okay if that's, if that feels right for you, but you can't have two alphas, you know, it doesn't work. And a, a truly like healthy masculine man isn't attracted to another masculine being. There has to be that, the, the ebb and flow. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so I, and I, the reason I said that is because I had a client the other day say, um, what if I just really like being in my masculine and I want to leave? And I'm like, great, that's fine. But just know you're going to attract a feminine man, you know, and that's okay. And she's like, wait a second, I don't want a feminine man. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, well then if that's your truth and you don't want a feminine man and you do want a masculine man who you want to lead, then the truth, the truth of your heart probably then is that you you want to be in your feminine, but it scares the hell out of you, so you don't know, so you don't want to do that work or try. Yes, yeah, it's it's interesting you say that, Stevie, because I um a few a few weeks back I was um I wouldn't say coaching my husband, but I was you know I was definitely coming around it in a very masculine way, 
and it backfired because I used those exact words actually like you should or you could or why don't you and I I could feel the the wall coming up there was just completely locked out and I was thinking to myself why isn't he listening to me I'm helping here and you know he's very good at he's very aware of his emotions and where he's at. And he just sort of got up and stepped out and said, honey, I'll be back in a, in a little while. I'm just going to go for a little walk. And I thought, okay. And I'm sitting there looking around like, duh, duh, duh. I've got these ideas in my head or the thing, you know, and then I, he came back and we had a discussion about it and I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. And he was like, that's okay. That's why we, we, that's why we, you know, communicate and we have conversations and we're able to work through this stuff because we we have that awareness. Well, at least one of us had that awareness. I was just fully in masculine. I'd learned all this information. I was like, boom, 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 try this, try this. I have the answers. And it just, what a beautiful relationship that, that you have. And, and really good on, good on him too. Cause the, the, uh, the essence of the masculine is consciousness and it's awareness. So he was fully in his masculine too. That's why, that's why you couldn't penetrate him because he was already in the masculine. Oh yeah. Strongly too. Yes. That's pretty pretty sexy. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) trust it. (laughs) Right now I'm learning too, you know, because I never used to find, and I I don't really know how to say this, so I'll just say it how it feels right for me. I never used to find men sexy. And I think that's probably because I was always in my masculine energy. And now that I'm learning what it feels like to be feminine, I'm like, Ooh, yeah. Okay. I see. I think I've got this thing that I was looking at in all these other women. It was, you know, women, it's, it's in all of us. It's just about allowing ourselves to, to be in it. Um, Stevie, you mentioned in your story that, and I love these words that you used, you realize that true change that lasts with you a lifetime comes from getting to the root of the issue. And it comes from getting to the core of the core wound of why you self-sabotage. So I know for myself, as soon as I I read that self-sabotage used to be huge for me and I have no doubt that for others, they will probably be able to resonate as well. Um, Self-sabotage was pretty much, I mean, I don't know, is it, I guess I want to ask you, is that a masculine energy to self-sabotage because I kind of pushed every opportunity away. Anytime someone would say, Hey, Hope, would you like to sing here in my head? I was like, no, something bad's going to happen. Um, would you like to do this? No, no. I know I've seen this story before. Nope. I'm not doing that. That's what's going to happen. And I just, I had all these people that believed in me and wanted to create opportunity for me and around me, which I, now I'm like, you know, I appreciate that so much. Unfortunately at the time I wasn't able to see it, but well, you know, we have time. That's all we've got is time. So the time will come again. However, now that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sort of learning now that the more that I learn, rather, I should say, I realize how little I actually know. Mm. And the more I learn, I realize how little my ego actually knows because that used to be my driving force. I thought that my ego was my highest self. And I was listening to this voice that I thought it was okay to say bad things to yourself or to sabotage yourself. And I'm also learning now that the the heart of hope really does know Mm -hmm. everything. What for those Stevie, for those who aren't able to maybe recognize self-sabotage yet or haven't had this conversation with themselves yet, 
what's your what's your interpretation of self-sabotage what does that look like for you in the past and is there anything that you can share any insight or to be able to maybe offer um for those who are maybe you know diving into what that looks like for them now yeah absolutely it's such a bitch isn't it it's like uh, (laughs) (laughs) um and I actually think self-sabotage is less like masculine feminine energy as it is just inherent belief, like not inherent, um, core belief systems. And so what self-sabotage is, is the body and the behaviors having an inconsistency. Meaning like if you're, so simple example. So if you're wanting to start a new workout routine or meditation practice, or, um, you know, you're starting a new behavior or like, for example, like you were talking about the different opportunities that were coming to you and you're, you, they would require new behaviors, right? They would require you to do something new. If you're starting these behaviors and so let's say like you're starting a a meditation practice and you're going, you're doing the meditations, you're showing up every day, you're doing the thing, doing the thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, derail and you stop doing it again yes it's because the beliefs and the behaviors don't match so if you're if you're working on the behaviors and you're changing your behaviors but your belief is still um i'm not good enough i don't deserve to feel this good uh, i'm gonna fail anyway um, it's not safe to be big it's not safe to be seen whatever the the core beliefs are even if you're like, even it's like the the body and the behaviors, the body needs consistency. So if the beliefs and the behaviors don't match, then the body will self-sabotage itself. It's actually not really you. It's not really us that are self-sabotaging. It's the body that's self-sabotaging because the body's going, Hey, 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 like, wait a second. These don't match here. Your beliefs are old and and limiting, but you're doing these really beautiful new behaviors. These don't match. Okay. We're self-sabotaging. We're boarding shit. And so now that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be in 10 years of therapy before you can start a new endeavor or a new behavior or something, Mm -hmm. but it does definitely mean that you need to be working on your belief systems at the same time that you're working on creating new behaviors, creating new opportunities, creating a new life for yourself. It's, um, it's not just about like, you know, changing your behaviors. It's about really getting to the core belief systems that are, uh, running your world. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, um, there's like three parts. It's, you know, the, the head, the heart, how I see it, the head, the heart and the gut. And if you're able to go, it, it, I, I'm struggling to to process to sort of explain this because I'm I'm right in the the depths of which is you know what I'm sharing on my podcast as well. I'm in the depths of really learning who hope is and and challenging those beliefs from when I was a little girl and and listening to them. And as an adult, as thir- you know, as thir- at thirty three, I have times where I think, wow how did I say something like that to myself? And even the conversations, I think I would never talk to my friends, my family, strangers. I would never speak to people the way that I used to speak to myself. It just, I would never do that. And so once I get down to, you know, for, for instance, for me, 
for a long time, it was really hard for me to leave the house and exercise after dancing because I couldn't even go out the house and go for a walk because I had this expectation that I needed to look a certain way before I could walk around the streets. What was that? What if someone's watching me? No one's watching you. Just go for a walk, you know, or just to do exercise. It was like this huge expectation. But once you go into the actual belief of, okay, where did this originate from? Was this even my belief? Did this come from me? Where did it come from? And continually asking myself question after question after question after question until I get to the root of the cause of, okay, when I was three or when I was seven, I decided X, Y, Z. And then you can go in there and pull that root out and say, all right, now I'm going to place something in there that fills my cup up, that, that loves me and nourishes me and makes me feel however I want to feel. Yeah. And I, and I think just, and adding that to that too, even before rooting in the, the new one, like the truth, mm. we oftentimes have to feel, re, re-feel and reprocess the pain of when that old root got taken, got, got rooted in essentially. Yeah. And that's the, that's the hard part. I had a really, just um, this week had a really intense session with my, with my therapist of going into an old, old wound. And it's not just about like, I'm unworthy. Okay, now I am worthy. It's not that. It's actually going back to the moment, you know, and feeling the pain of like, ow, 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 fuck, fuck, fuck. And, and feeling the pain of what that was like so that you can move through it and that you can process it. Because so much of our... I like to think of trauma as like frozen ice that's living in, living in the body. And with our awareness, with our breath, with our attention, we, we send welcoming. We, we welcome that energy, that frozen. And with our breath and with our awareness, we can begin to warm it up and thaw it so that it can melt and, and pass through. But that's so beautiful. Much- yeah, so much of so much of our 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 stuff is just like this frozen, locked up energy that needs to be felt before it can actually, you know, um, move on. And I think that's why mentors and coaches and therapists and helpers are so important because this this work is hard, you know, and we need support to do it. I'm I have I'm working with four coaches and therapists right now, like all four uh, mentors in general, I'm working with four mentors right now, plus a body worker because I'm holding space for people all day. And, and you know, we need it. Yes. Yeah. There's that too, right? There's, you know, the work that we're doing on ourselves and then holding space for others too, which is, it's all beautiful in itself, but you're right. It needs, we just still need to have that space created so that we can be really honest and vulnerable with what we're carrying or what, what's really going on with us as well. Stevie, you're doing some amazing things right now. I'd really love to share everything that you're doing from your workshops to, you know, the masterclasses to your coaching courses. Can you just share with us and everyone that's listening so that, you know, we can encourage everyone to please jump across to check out your website. You're extraordinary. You're one of the, you know, one of my favorites. If I should put that on the podcast now, I'm definitely going to. Um, you're very authentic, very warm. And like I said, in the very beginning, a brush of, a, a fresh of breath air. What? Breath of fresh air. God, Thank I, you. I knew what he meant. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us, tell us about everything that you do? Oh, thank you, Hope. Thank you so much. I really receive all of that. <laughs> you have such, such good energy. I, I love being on this podcast. 
Uh, yeah, let's see. So I, my six month, I have a six month one-on-one coaching program. It's kind of the highest level to the highest level way of working with me. And I have a spot opening up for that on September 22nd. I'm not sure when this, when this podcast is going live, but, um, it's around then. And, um, the, the really exciting thing that I want to talk about that's coming up is that I'm releasing a breathwork membership site on also that same week on uh, September 20th, I believe. And I'm so excited about it because I think something that, um, you know, I, I post these five, 10 minute videos on my IGTVs, quick little, um, you know, breathwork for anxiety, breathwork for, for getting grounded, breathwork for letting go, breathwork for abundance, breath, breathwork for um, period pain, just like all these things. And, um, they're so transformative. And so I'm coming out with a membership site where it's going to be 20 bucks a month. It's um, going to be uh, five new videos every single month. And then a weekly live full 45 minute group breathwork session, a Facebook group. I'm going to be, I'm going to be expanding um, into embodiment practices, meditations. It's going to be so much more than breathwork, but I'm really just so thrilled about it. And I'm shooting, I'm actually shooting the videos for the first month uh, this weekend. And um, it's just, you know, breathwork has been completely transformative for my life and for my clients' lives. And I think it really is like the most healing modality in the world. So um, it's a great place. The membership will be a great place to start if you're not ready to do like a full 45 minute transformative session. You want to log in, you want to breathe for five minutes, you want to go about your day, you want to feel connected to your body, grounded on the planet, um, all for 20 bucks, you know, and, uh, I'm thrilled about that. So that's coming out in, uh, in uh, September. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, I do watch and follow your IGTV breathwork videos. I've actually started doing them with you because um, I'm recognizing now the power of, of breathing. I think I, I must have, I saw it on a documentary a little while ago. Oh, that's right. I started doing Wim Hof. Yeah. Yeah. And I was doing his cold showers and doing the breath work. And then obviously I discovered you and I saw that you were doing breath work and I was like, okay, so can you tell us a little bit just for those who, just so they can start there, your IGT, uh, IGTV videos, just so just give yeah. us a little bit of information because they're fantastic and you know, anyone can jump on now and, and just get started before you release uh, what's coming up. Yeah, if you go to my my Instagram, it's at Stevie L Wright underscore, and it's uh, my IGTV is tons and tons of videos, anywhere from like five to twenty minute practices, actually like three to twenty minute practices that you can just jump in on. Pick one that that calls to you. Just trust yourself. Like the first one that you see that really calls to you, just do it. Breathe, you know, get grounded in your body, and I think you'll feel like a noticeable shift. Amazing. Um. Stevie, you're incredible. I wish I could just talk to you all day, but I know I can't keep you all day. <laughs> you have to get on with your on with your day. Another hour. <laughs> You've given us so much inspiring and soulful knowledge. I can't wait for everyone to be able to see you and and share this podcast with everyone. I'd love to ask you three questions, if I can, before I let you go today. Stevie, what um, what's one bold and brave thing that you're going to do for yourself? Hmm. Hmm. One great thing I'm going to do for myself. I'm going to start my music YouTube channel. <gasps> yes. <laughs> it's time that I, that I integrate my healing work with my voice and it feels very scary, but I'm, I'm going to do it. 
Oh, Stevie, I can't wait to hear you sing. Oh, that warms my heart. Okay, question two. I'm very excited for that. Um, what do you envision for our world? Oh, my God. Um, I envision a world where we're so deeply connected to ourselves, first and foremost, that um, racism, homophobia, um, fear, like that's a thing of the past because we're so connected to our own internal truth that we couldn't possibly think of someone as other. That's beautiful, Stevie. Thank you. And my, my final question is, I would love to know how I can give back to you today. Oh, my goodness. Ah, let's see. What a beautiful question. You know, I was on, I was, yeah, I was, this is my answer. Um, I was doing a women's circle the other day, and the woman who was leading it said that, um, Sometimes our, our bodies and our eyes are, are the most healing thing and, and eye contact. And she said, um, she said, just going like this. And, and for those who are listening, I'm holding up my hands, just I'm holding my palms up, facing hope, um, holding our hands up, our palms up to another person and radiating love into them and filling them with love is so healing. And so I would love for you to do that for me. Oh, here. I'm going to hold my microphone up here. You feel it? I feel it. Me? Oh, this is beautiful. Oh, it's like I can connect to you. I just want to give you the biggest hug, and this is really beautiful. So, yeah, Stevie and I have our palms up for one another right now, and we're, we're sending each other everything. <laughs> Thank you, Hope. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Stevie. Thank you so much for being on my show. You're such a bright light. I'm trying not to get emotional because I'm just so blessed to have had the opportunity to speak to you and for your presence. Thank you for showing up in the world. Thank you for being you. Thank you for inspiring us with your courage and your honesty and your rawness. Um, I'm so, I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so honored and I love being in your energy and I'm so thankful for you. So thank you. Thank you, Stevie. Thank you so much. You're just gorgeous. <laughs> Guys, bye everyone. Mwah.